You think you're gonna be morbid the Shit. older you get? Yeah, more for morbid sure. for sure, for sure. You're not gonna try to like, cause like that's how I'm gonna cope with it. Like I'm gonna die soon. So I have to talk about it more and make it normal. I'm gonna talk about it like it's a regular thing because it is, and I have to accept that. I think me too. My time is coming. It's gonna be jokes. Like I think y'all uh, gotta be like. I'm gonna start a podcast about death. <laughs> let's talk about this shit <laughs> let's get into it that's uh, gonna be called shit. another morbid podcast another morbid podcast <laughs> let's talk about this shit no nah, cause no yeah no if I know I'm dying I'm deteriorating to me it's like we laughing about this that's not, part of it I'm not I'm not about to die sad because of this shit I'm gonna try not to I wouldn't mind it's sad I'm dying nigga I don't I'm light think. and I'm fucking extinguishing. Or right. I, I'm going on to the next phase, which is anything. I don't know. But no, that's sad, nigga. Y'all don't get to experience me no more. Mourn. Yes, it's sad. Mourn, bitch. Mourn when I'm gone, not when I'm here. Let's like celebrate the fact that I'm still here now. Pre-mourn. You know what I mean? Like pre-game. <laughs> Prepare for that shit. Let's talk about it. How sad you about to be? <laughs> what you gonna do when I'm gone? Talk to me about it. Let's help you cope a little bit. Oh, <laughs> Don't drink every day. Smoke weed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With no seats. <laughs> when it comes to love languages, <clears throat> it's not just um, like there's a love language for receiving and love language for um, giving. giving. And so I think recognizing that I, it, it could be the same for her. It could be the way she's giving it is the way she she would like it. Um, but typically, it's not the same. I think I disagree, but I would like to hear more. Because I guess for me... Um, I get, and I can I guess I can really only speak for me. <clears throat> but I know that if if we're like um like I talk about it all the time, but like if we're like um the love language of touch is probably the one that I resonate with the most, I think typically and so if there's touch involved i think oh yeah we're probably really cool we're probably really close but in terms of expressing love um quality time might be what i what i resonate with most as far as giving um because you would say your receiving would be physical touch yeah so giving would be quality time. Hmm. Huh. I don't know if I've ever thought about mine being different, honestly. That's tough for me to think about. And speaking for my relationship, at least when I first met her, I always felt like the dope thing about us is that our love languages are very, very similar, if not the same. But I'm also now seeing the way we manifest them is different because we're both acts of service people. And I think the birthday for her is a big act of service that she would appreciate 
But, but for you, it's like some daily stuff. It's, yeah, it's that's not the active service that I would that I value most. I love what he just said <clears throat> because <clears throat> in mine's she's more of the long term thinking ahead, you know, wanting to see the big picture, and I'm more of the every day you're gonna need X, Y, and Z needs to be met. So how can we make these needs be met? And that'll eventually take care of the big picture, in my eyes. All right? But that's the challenge that we have. Yeah. And it that sounds like it could be a good partnership, honestly. One person thinking about the day-to-day, another person thinking about the long-term, because both are important. Mm-hmm. But... You gotta make the frustration comes in when the short-term thinker is not thinking about the long-term. And the long-term thinker is not uh, appreciative of the short-term thinker. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. What they bring to the table. Life, man. Because nothing really matters. <laughs> at all. <laughs> You guys have an ass to cast. All right, do we have an ass to cast? Mm-mm. Yes, we do. You got one? <clears throat> uh, yeah. From Zucker. Nah, this was me. Oh, we discussed okay. this one in the group chat. Uh, do I try to go off by memory? I remember it. Are relationships easier or harder? Uh, no, wait. What was it? Is life easier or harder? With relationships Yep I, th- I thought that was a really good question Drop this shit I thought about this a lot And I think Objectively The question has to be harder It has to be harder Like it is obviously harder I would say Because You have to consider It's like levels And more things to consider now Outside of just yourself and you should know what you want and how you want situations to go better than anybody else. So after considering others and things like that is, it just makes things a challenge. It's an added challenge. But I do think it could possibly be more rewarding. Like, I think about having a kid. That's an example or analogy I thought of in my head. Like, I don't think anybody would say having a kid makes your life easier. But a lot of people would say it makes your life better and more rewarding. And, like, it adds depth to it. And it's like, yeah, my life is harder, very, very much harder. But it actually is worth it. Like, and I really value my life more. And it gives me something to look forward to. And I feel like I have, like, a future to feel good about and things like that. And so that's that was my answer. Obviously harder, but with the right person, obviously hopefully equally as rewarding or more so you don't think that like aside from the rewarding you don't think that what someone else can bring to the table can potentially outweigh the difficulties and make it easier in general yes but i think the phrase relationships are hard is a phrase for a reason because every day for years, you got to make it work. And I think as we've seen with friends, you fall out with friends all the time. It's people that come in and out of your life all the time. But if 
romantic relationships, marriages, and things like that that you, you plan to be forever, you got to work through all that shit and stick together and build a life together in everything. Mm-hmm. That's hard. That's hard. That's hard. And I think they, they should make life easier in certain ways, but they no one is going to make life easy. You know what I'm saying? Like, And I think a lot of people would be looking for that in relationships, too. Life ain't easy, bruh. And it ain't never going to be easy. No person at coming in your life is going to make it easy. Right. But they can compliment you. And things that you're not good at, they can help you in those areas. Now, what if we change the dynamic of the question and not even think about romantic relationships? Obviously, I think it's still the same answer. Yeah. But to what degree? I think it's a little bit more difficult with romantic relationships because you, you know, choosing to wake up and go to sleep to this person. You know, they in a much more intimate and vulnerable space with you than what you would probably allow family. Like, it's things that my siblings would never know about me that my partner knows about me, you know what I'm saying? Or even any other relationship title within family relationships. We're not that intimate, you know? And when you when it comes to trying to build a life with somebody, I, I take that very serious. So you are my family now. Like you are the cornerstone piece of my life. We are making these decisions together. You know? Yeah. So I was thinking when it comes to relationships, there are romantic, platonic, and family. You could have a super, super fire family. Like, I think every family has its problems, but some all problems ain't equal. That could make your life incredibly easy. If you have, like, a solid family, they good financially and they good people, like, mm-hmm. integrity and, and money. Mm-hmm. A kid in that family might have it made. You know what I'm saying? And their life is just genuinely and significantly, objectively easier. But I don't think a partner can come in and be like, every problem that you still have as a person, I'm going to fix all. I can fix all that. You still got to do the work yourself. Or a friend. Or a friend even. Like your BFF, they got to inspire you to be better. They got to teach you things, but they can't do anything for you. They can't live it for you. Yeah. I think I was going to ask, like, what about the, bring, I guess, bringing it back to the relationship phase or relationship part of the aspect of it? Like, what about the honeymoon phase of, like, even a bad relationship or one that's going to turn out bad, but it's just, like, during the honeymoon phase, you kind of feel like a superhuman version of yourself wanting to do, I guess, the utmost to make everything work, you know? I'd be wishing that <clears throat> that feeling was, like, a forever. <laughs> yeah. You know? Because I do feel but then superhuman. You would, but then you would be with the first person that you end up with every time. <laughs> I mean... 
not not so much be with this that same person, but I feel like um like just the whole superhuman thing. Mm-hmm. Like uh-huh. if that could last, you know what I'm saying? Like of course you gonna have your days. Every day not gonna be good, and some days are gonna be harder than other ones. But I feel like if we connect on on that level, and we constantly uh, pouring into each other, we can have that effect last much longer than the honeymoon phase. You know, I I really do believe that love is empowering. So does it end because one person stops or both people stop, or is it? It is. Is it an eventuality? I don't think it's an eventuality. I think that trust is broken, or you you no longer feel like it's a safe space. I I really. I I I agree that I don't think it's an uh, that I I I agree that I think it's an eventuality, but I think it's more so like your perception of them was broken. Mm-hmm. Like they're no longer like oh they're not really this person, and then you realize or they don't really expect this from me, so I don't have to keep this ruse up, or they realize the same thing, or. Like we was talking about, you feel something that you you make a huge effort to do consistently is being taken for granted. You know what I'm saying? Because you, you too busy looking at the bigger picture that you're not seeing what I'm doing consistently. These little small efforts that I'm making every day to please you or to, you know, give to you, pour into you, uplift you, build you, empower you. That goes unappreciated because I'm missing this one little thing. Yeah. I guess you could also take it to, like, the level of, like, how serious are you going to take this relationship if in the beginning you guys are, you know, dating, but you're not really a serial dater, like, even in a relationship, you can still date, you know. But if you're not the type to typically go on dates, then, but you wooed this person with dates, then you're setting yourself up for failure. But if you're really planning on being with this person long term, maybe instead of like going on a date, I don't know, take them to do your, uh, to do your daily tasks one day. <laughs> we can take them going grocery shopping one day. And um, those will be the more serious days because they'll see, like, okay, this is this is what I wooed them with. This is what they can expect from me f- uh, for a bit. And then dates would be actually special instead of what's expected. I wanted to say ain't nobody going to fall in love for that shit, but maybe you'll really fall in love with a real person if you hang out with them on their errands. Don't nobody want to go with you to the post office. Nobody. <laughs> but that's a, that's a thing. Though. Like, like, go to where you Walmart. But that those those are the. I mean, me being a a, a seriously a single person for a long time, and it's just uh the myths I hear about uh, good relationships. It's just like those are the ones that starts that that start off. I guess. A good friendship. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, if you start off as dating, are you guys were you guys ever friends first? 
Mm-hmm. I hear you. But then it's just like, it's a, it's a fine line. Because it's just like, if you guys are friends, then will you ever date? Mm-hmm. That kind of shit. That's tough. But at the same time, um, I I do, like, come get me. Let's let's go run these errands together. Let me see you in your everyday environment because I do Those believe like that. that it's important to see you in all seasons, all phases of your life. You know what I'm saying? Now, the problem comes in when... Uh, I guess I'm overextending or trying to do so much for you just to make it so just because like the little everyday shit don't matter essentially to you like you want more memories or something like that you know I feel like y'all both just disregarding the fact that a relationship is every day and I think you had mentioned why can't you just stay in that love type shit every day it's because throughout the year, nigga, you got your ups and downs. You ain't at your best all the time. Sometimes you at your worst, and this person is right there with you, nigga. And you see them at their worst. And y'all might be at your worst at the same time. And, like, or y'all might be up. And, like, it's just, it's a long-term relationships is life. They become a part of life. And so even, like, the how great it is, you become accustomed to it. Mm-hmm. It becomes life. And now... You got to deal with the lulls of this new aspect of your life. It's unrealistic to expect it to just be great all the time. Yeah, yeah, so. and I don't, I don't, I don't expect it to be great all the time. I expect that who I am today, and who I am a year from now, and who I am five years from now, those are going to be different people in some form of aspect. I expect you to be able to love me and like me through those phases you know what i'm saying and i'm gonna do the same for you i think it's one thing to love a person in all their phases i i can't ask you to like me in all my phases i hear that's I, what i hear i'll say this for me <laughs> and being in a relationship has shown me I, i'm an asshole days you know what i'm saying it's not like every once in a while i'll be a I can be inconsiderate and I can be self-involved and I don't be wanting to deal with other shit. That's my thing, but I think everybody has things and it's like dealing with a person every day and their things and trying to blend your things. It comes with its challenges. It doesn't mean it isn't incredibly rewarding, but it's never going to be all peaches and roses. You're never malicious with your self-involvement and... (laughs) Like unawareness, like it's more, more like, like it's, it's literally you're just in your world. Mm-hmm. That's all you're really doing, like, like for those moments, and they just happen to inconvenience you, but maybe you'll forget how um, they also inconvenience them. What do you mean? They also inconvenience them. Whatever inconveniences you happens to also inconvenience them. But it's not inconveniencing you so much that you're realizing, oh, this is a problem. Mm. 
I and know. I just think that you're that self-involved or self into your own world that you don't notice it sometimes. You notice it eventually more and you get to it. Like yeah. wh whatever, whatever problems you cause for yourself is what I'm talking about. All of them. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> so those, those kinds of issues is what I'm talking about when I'm saying it's just like, you, they don't, you're so relaxed about so many things that it doesn't bother you. Your, your threshold for being bothered by it is much higher for others than others around you. Mm-hmm. Especially I find that sorry. We, I'm sorry. I find that we uh we tend to not like we walk a thin line between that self involvement phase, self caring phase, and being considerate. You know, nobody taught us the proper balance of those things. You know what I'm saying? Like we all know that we need to have some form of self-care so it's important for me to have these boundaries or you know these things but when you in a relationship you really do have to consider that other person you have to consider their growing up <laughs> and things like that sorry i'm keep looking at you <laughs> yeah. all right now but uh yeah everybody out <laughs> Sorry guys. It's all good, friend. <laughs> oh man, that's just funny. <laughs> oh man, drunk pile might be the best part. <laughs> I like the new level of body. You need another shot? <sighs> no, nah, I'm good, man. I'm good. Oh, he gonna be looking like him? No, nah, I ain't that far gone. <sighs> These dogs be farting. It's just life, man. I know I keep saying it, but just. I think that's your, that's been, you keep saying it because that's been the mantra you keep telling yourself to accept it. Because what else you, can you say? Even it's, if you don't want to accept it. You, I have to choose to accept it. I have to choose this thing that I don't understand. Or risk looking wild as shit because you don't accept it. I could never live the way that I think that I'm supposed to live. <laughs> I could never live that way. How how long do you think it would take for you to either die or be in jail because of the way you want to live? One decision. Take ayahuasca. <laughs> Just one? Take ayahuasca. I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready to see my true self. I don't self. know, friend. I don't, I'm not ready to see my true self and be that guy and be even enlightened to that guy. I'm not ready for that. It scares me even thinking about that. Because once you, I always think, once you say something, it can never be unsaid. Once I know something, I know it forever. Yeah. I know it forever. I, I can't know how I'm supposed to live and then not, not live it every day and feel good about myself. Right. <laughs> that is one I can't, downside. I think I, I can't I do that. feel with that shit too. Yeah. Excuse me. So. One ayahuasca, one decision to take ayahuasca prematurely before I'm ready. What would make you ready? I don't know. I'm not even. 
close to that part of my journey yet. <laughs> I might not take ayahuasca till I'm 60. <laughs> 45, maybe. Hopefully, I can. Hopefully, at 45, I'll feel like I'm ready. Yeah. I would love to try um, practicing lucid dreaming, but weed already makes me forget dreaming. That's one. That's like I love dreams in general. Mm-hmm. So if I ever had to complain about weed, it's just the fact that we forget our dreams a lot easier. But another thing is just like you think that's because of the lack of a REM cycle or something, or why is it that? Dreams don't happen. They still happen. It's just you forget them easier. Mm. I, learned, yeah. I learned that in school, in high school. Actually, you dream every time you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. You just don't always remember. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you literally have about a minute and a half to remember that dream right after you wake up. And if you are not thinking about it, even after 30 seconds, that dream is already different in your memory. Mm-hmm. What's wild... Like, uh, I, I love talking about the, this kind of topic about the brain. Uh, like, when it comes to dreams and memories. Because even a memory is just a memory of a memory. Like, you're <laughs> never actually thinking about the actual event. You're just thinking about your version of it. And then if you recollect it again at a later time, you're only recollecting the last time you thought of it. Mm. And it gets like cloudier and cloudier every time they say that about uh like eyewitness testimony as well and just mm-hmm. the general how can you trust it mechanics of a memory life man <laughs> nothing is real bro <laughs> everything is, is fake even your memories and they say those are the only things that last everything is fake fam that's why i'm telling you relationships are really the only things that matter <sighs> i hate that do you want to change the mood a little bit only because like I don't I, know I, I, I like it here to be honest I, I, had, I had well I mean we might keep it here I like a little self-loathing we, we, we that's might, my bad we might, we might my still girl keep told it me here. that recently like yo you be in your self-loathing shit and I be like depending on how these answers go <laughs> but if you can uh, if you can create something that doesn't exist and I'll give you my example um, what would you create and mine was just like control F like you know the find feature mm-hmm. in uh in a computer we could just have like the find feature in life it'd be perfect it'd be great what's the question one more time something you, you could create something create something that doesn't exist so i guess the find feature exists but not in actual life you know dang i hate to bite off uh black mirror but I always thought that episode about the contact that recorded your life was the best shit the person ever. I, the person I asked was Charles, and that's literally what he said. He said the same exact. <sighs> that is a game changer. I think that's so dangerous. You don't even need memories at that point. That's so dangerous. That's I agree. So dangerous because, like, at that point, anybody can hack your shit. <laughs> I mean, Things can hack your eyesight and your memories. I mean, there's that, that's but crazy. then like. Your memory bank. I think our like people would end up being so toxic, like the wrong people with that with that kind of technology end up being so toxic. Others can be healthy. Cause I think when it comes to like if we're gonna keep a relationship talk, like if you're having an issue with your partner, like it really should be you and your partner versus the issue. 
not you know you versus your partner um one way to tackle it really is just like well i need to write that down i thought i said that often i say that often yeah one way to tackle that that um like that point of view is really like hey going into this i was thinking this and i thought it would end up being this way and you also gotta allow that that same explanation for your partner like have them explain what they thought was supposed to happen what they're like basically you're both explaining your points of views for the same problem I also learned in this uh, psychology class in college that when you're having those type of disagreements or discussions with your girl or partner, it's very good to also, before they respond, they have to first say, interpret what they heard from you. First they say what they heard and then they respond to it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And they said like, that way nothing is lost in translation. And it's like, I get to say what I want and then I get to hear what you heard. Like, what did you interpret that as? How did you take that? And then I get to hear your response. We can't move forward unless like we're on the same page. Yes, like let's make sure we're here before we, cause let's, let's not go down a road and end up somewhere that we ain't mean to be. And it's like adding that one step, tell me what you heard and then respond to it, game changer. And I could I could see how, yeah. I could see how because it really makes you have to stop. You have to really interpret them first before you respond. You can't just respond like this is what I heard. And I'm like, no, 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 no. So you know, we're not even there. Okay. Oh, oh. Now I have to respond to that. I don't know. I think that shit is cool. Some psychology. If shit. they go by the you know communication rules, oh, that'd be gosh. the the issue. Like you, I think in relationships. You're supposed to be able to fight fair. You're not supposed to hit below the belt. But, you know, in this new era of toxicity out here, niggas just say whatever. Be reckless with their mouth. Hit below the belt. I don't want to say you ever should, but when you need to be really, really honest, and I need to be more honest and I need to be tiptoeing and you got them contacts and you got the proof there ain't no tiptoeing no more i'm not sure what you mean by that but yeah, i'm just saying black mirror contacts oh yeah that okay yeah for sure like <laughs> this is what it is for sure objectively i don't know i think that's difficult i just think is is you always have to be considerate but sometimes i really just need to tell you and it's not me hitting you below the belt. It's me giving you a, a a hard truth or a brutal truth. You know what I mean? Something that I don't even want to tell you, but this is what it is. At the same time, it's a way to tactfully do that. Like, don't talk to me like I'm the bitch you hate in the motherfucking gutter of the streets that you hate that you grew up on. You feel me? Like, no. Heck and yeah. the goal, again... It's to us for us to attack the problem, and not, not the other. person. That's deep. True. I guess I'm whenever I'm going into an argument, I'm hoping baseline 
you respect me enough for me not to even have to worry about that. Like, maybe you're not as tactful as you can be, but I hope that you're not trying to disrespect me. Um, yeah. And I, you know, yeah. I, I just understand that not everyone can be tactful, but I understand when people are trying to be disrespectful. Yesterday's interesting ace. And it's like I want to respond, but I already know I'm I'm responding in a very specific personal kind of way. Have it, friend. No, man. No. I'll just say I find it difficult to be tactful when um when I don't know how to say it respectfully. When it's something that I know you don't want to hear and it's something I really don't want to tell you, but tact i feel like should go out the window at that point but that's that's a very specific example in most cases if we have a disagreement i have to be tactful in how i communicate my um opposing view also if you're with the right person i think you can also set the stage for can we not be tactful Like yep. not with everyone, obviously, because some people can abuse that. Be like, yeah, sure, we could not be tactful, and then all of a sudden they're just being disrespectful because they have the ability to. Because that's the stage that we set. I hear that, but yeah, I hear that. I don't think that that's gonna work with everyone, but right, there are there are people who it can work with. I concur. And also, like, <clears throat> they teach us about attachment styles or people who have learned about them they teach us about that for a reason you know what i'm saying that certain people with certain attachment styles are going to respond to things differently like you can't like one you can have twins and one child can respond to positive reinforcement while the other one can respond better to tough love that don't mean that neither one of them are invalid or have a worse way of responding to things but you can't talk to the positive reinforcement child the same way that you talk to the tough love child it's not going to motivate them to do the same thing so you got to know your partner's motivation and you got to be able to adjust if you trying to get them to do anything you know what I'm saying? You got to know their motivation and adjust to that. It can't just be about what it is that you want and how you want it. You know what I'm saying? How can you get it with knowing what you know about your partner? It's not to be manipulative or anything like that either. But if I know that if I know that you are a non-confrontational person, it's not going to motivate you me getting in your face cussing, yelling and everything like that. It's going to say, you're going to need more like, baby, this is triggering me. Can you handle this for me? Or, you know, whatever like that. You're going to need a more tender approach. That's just how I feel. Nah, I hear you. Every, I would say every approach has to be tailor-made to your partner. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What if your partner has some deep-rooted problems with being able to present themselves how you want them to present 
Can you give me an example? Like they want that. I don't that know, old thing. Just back. using what just using what Ace said. Um, they want the sweet and tender talking because getting all up in your face and confrontational doesn't work. But with all three or all of their last partners that they've ever had, the only thing that's ever worked is being confrontational. Because they tried. And you're not with neither one of them three. You were a whole new person. Mm -hmm. Treat me the way that I've shown you that I needed to be treated. Right, but, I mean, I'm saying, like, at this point, like, they've been, like, they, they understand that that's what you need, but it's, I'm saying like it's difficult. They have they. It's a bad habit for them, or yeah, it's hard to adapt for them. Maybe not even hard. It's just the fact that like, like they can adapt, but it's just they've been so deeply learned and this. They have some deep rooted toxicity, is what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm just saying, what if you know? I'm like. I think. What if is it just would be difficult to be with that person? Like Doesn't I think at that point, possible, yeah, like a, you got to make a decision. Can you be with this person? Yeah, uh, it's just yeah, it's gonna be difficult, and they got to do certain things to make it work. They may be able to do it. They may not. I agree, John. Like heck what yeah, bring to the pod. Heck yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, we got kind of far away, I think, from the Astacast. But did you guys answer? I think I'm the only one that gave my answer, actually. Um, are, are relationships more difficult? Do they make life more difficult or easier? Yeah, I think I'm the only one. I think I that. agree with you um, on that. You know, your logic is just valid. You know, it's definitely rewarding to be with somebody and have all of those positive, happy feelings and things like that. But it is just as much work that you wouldn't have to do if you was just out here worried about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just different aspects of life that become. I think a lot of different things become easier, but different things become difficult. Mm-hmm. It's not even like the things that are directly getting easier are. Like whatever's related to that Is becoming difficult On the opposite end It's really like That person really could just be shitty At one certain thing And like they're making that part of your life more difficult But you decide that the rest Outweighs that (laughs) And you're staying with them Those things are probably making things better for you You're probably missing that From your life Probably unconsciously or consciously didn't know or did know that you need that you needed whatever this person's bringing to the table. So I guess those parts of your life are getting easier. But <laughs> the unexpected parts are getting more difficult. And I think when you guys are talking about trying to make it work, is those life unexpected seas that you're working through I was just thinking about um, that one article we talked about one time where they was talking about how a lot of men are going into hospice care alone and things like that while women have built 
you know, all these friendships, these relationships, tribes, and things of that nature. You said hospice care? Yeah. Um, at the end of life, basically, a lot of them are more lonely. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think that, you know, relationships are key. In all types of relationships, you know. But it definitely has a, a overwhelmingly positive effect. Especially if it's a a genuine, sincere, real, cherished, appreciated relationship, you know, that it has so significant health benefits of love. And we see the opposite once love is lost, you know, like it's couples who die days apart from each other just because their heart is broken so bad, you know. Mm-hmm. They lost a person or something like that. But I thought you were saying the difference between the men and women is the women were able to create loving relationships outside of romance when they went into hospice as opposed to the men who were not. Well, that's what the article was mentioning. Okay. But, you know, just in general, you know, I think we 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 should prize relationships a lot more because of that. Because of those significant health benefits, you know. How likely is it that you think that you're gonna end up lonely 50, 50. in your old age? Toss of a coin, dog. Toss of a coin, for real. I what think what, you, pers- I what think, better I percentage think, does anyone have? I think you have a very strong effect on that result. Yeah. She could die before me, though. It doesn't have to be just her. I'm talking about, like, friends, family around you still. Do you have a family that still loves you? You and everyone you know is one day going to die. You might be the last one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. If that happened, ain't nobody coming with you, dog. Ain't nobody coming to see you in hospice. Your grandchildren out living their lives. They in college. They all spread across the country. Your brothers, they your sisters for you. They the same age as you. They probably stuck in their city doing whatever. I'm not to be get all morbid on this, I'm but it's saying, it's very easy to die alone. But, you know what I'm saying? But it's also very easy to not like in all those situations. You still have choices. You could still go to see your your lonely ass sister in this other city. Yep, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. you I was thinking that. with the hospice, I wouldn't be able to, but I'm saying like you can live. You're a, you're a, in a hospice because you're lonely. You're not in a hospice because you have friends and family that still love and want to take care of you. I don't think that's true. I think hospice is just for people who's dying in general. Like I'm old and shit is going bad for me. Anyways. None of that matters. You can have a life full of loving and fruitful, fulfilling relationships and still die alone, is my point. Yeah. You can have a lifelong partner, real good sibling relationships, familial relationships, homies that are like brothers and family. That sounds like you died alone, not lonely, though. Mm. Mm. Okay. I hear you. I hear you. Dropping cold hard facts. I I, I would <laughs> like to argue, but I guess you're right. Because it sounds like a fulfilled life. 
Like you were you weren't alone the whole time. Uh, you were only alone at the end. And that, I mean I guess that's the nature of my question is like how how likely is it that you're going to be lonely at the end? So I could see how being alone at the end is lonely in that moment at least. So this is a little bit off topic, but it's another ask the cast question. Um I am I the asshole type question. Nice. Speaking of hospice care <clears throat> or older people or whatever like that, there was this father who gained an inheritance from his parents. Fuck it, man. Give me one more. <laughs> and so... I like this part. Um, with, with this inheritance, you know, it's been part of the family's thing to just continue to add to it and pass it down. And he said that he already took care of, uh, um, like, the schooling and things for his own children or whatever like that. So, one day he was with his kids and, excuse me, one day he was with his kids and he jokingly asked them who he's going to stay with at the end of his life, care or whatever like that, you know. He and both nobody wanted to claim him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, he not at the end of his life per se, and um, everything like that. So basically, long story short, he decided that he's gonna start spending the inheritance to start traveling the world and shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he like, am I the asshole for this? Because y'all gonna be too busy with y'all own lives. Oh, no. Well, actually, actually, let me rewind a little bit. After they made this joke, um, he told them, what did he say? What did he say? He wasn't an asshole in that old scenario. Yeah, most people said that he wasn't an asshole, but. um, But he kind of was, actually. I'm not going to think about it more. I don't think he was the asshole because it was his inheritance. Mm-hmm. You're right. They didn't do shit to earn that. Besides, they had stopped talking to him after they after he said some like he gonna wipe them out the inheritance or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they took it literal, you know, and made the joke way more than it had to be. You guys are right. I personally believe what can be more important with, to do with all this fucking money, which is meaningless, than to give it to your kids. But it's yours. You can do whatever the fuck you want with it. And if you want to spend it traveling the world, she'll right, nigga. Not only that, I've already sacrificed and put y'all through school, done, did my due diligence as a parent, you know. Mm-hmm. Y'all are well off and eventually will be adding on to this inheritance to keep passing them or whatever like that. Am I wrong for, you know, fuck fuck the tradition right now and, and enjoying doing, life? Enjoying the life. Great answer. Great answer. Because I was going to say, what are you going to do with it? Who cares about these things Yeah. when you can make generations of your bloodline better? But again, it's your life. If you want to choose that to enrich your life however the fuck you see fit, whether that's traveling, you want to get a pet monkey... You want to get a 
trophy wife. You know what I'm saying? You want to just go to the theater and spend every day at Broadway? Who the fuck is to say you're wrong, bruv? You know what I mean? Do whatever the fuck floats your boat. I would say, again, these kids, they yours, dog. Even if they fucked up, let them be fucked up with your money. No, they could be fucked up without my money. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. And they, ain't no ain't no wrong they, answer, but money they, is they, important, they, bro. They could be fucked up with my money if they wasn't disrespecting me. They disrespecting you because they don't want to take care of you when you old? Real question. Not because they don't want. But they joking about it. <laughs> yeah, no, they laughing that, about your death. They stopped talking to him <laughs> after he said, like, all right, y'all made this joke that y'all not going to take care of me. So, all right, I'm going to write y'all out the inheritance. And then now y'all stop talking to me because y'all, you know. Y'all heard me joke about that. We had plans for this. Like, we had plans for our kids to send so them to college. for me to fucking die? We had plans for our kids to send them to college and different things that our life was going to be because of what you told us. And then you just pulled the rug from under us. It ain't just about the money. It's about your word. Plans were made. Family, we have families too, fam. Like I can't afford this to give you guys this inheritance anymore because you guys aren't taking care of me like I planned that I thought you guys were gonna do. One of y'all was gonna do this, but now I can't. Now I gotta go somewhere and pay for that somewhere because y'all apparently can't or won't. Right. I might be on the side of yes, because are you the asshole? No, because it's your money, but. You didn't honor your commitment with a big thing, a life-changing, life-altering thing for several people, for your kids, not even several people, your kids. Mm, maybe. Yeah, they're, they're my kids, but it's like, like, not, not, to, not to say that I brought them into this world, but we're here now, and we are developing a certain relationship with each other throughout your life. And if you're going to sour it, that's on you. That's not on me. I know what I did for my life and what I would have done for your life and what I'm willing to do for your life if I die. But if that changes because of something that you did or said, so be it that's yeah such such is life and y'all ain't wrong I ain't gonna lie the kids file for not trying to take care of the nigga who can change your life but you know I don't know what they got going on in their life yeah I think out of I mean me and my siblings we've been my mom's asked us that question we always just land on I'm I'm taking care of her cause she's most like me and we're probably like argue the least hmm. we'll be okay living with each other I think about that with my mom as well like if I had to take care of her in her old age shout out to you mama I love you <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind it cause I mean besides the money aspect I'm sure that's expensive but my mom is pretty chill so I don't think she'll be a bad person to live with again actually one of my goals right now is to like somehow be able to afford a place 
without my mom having to pay rent, so if she needed to, she could just come there with me without worries. Word. Which I think I'm getting there. So. Fuck yeah, bro. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal her soon. <laughs> I thought she was about to say steal her soul. <laughs> but I think that might have yeah, changed like recently. She got married, so um, less to worry about there. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, I definitely got voted as the caretaker, mama. But how do you feel though? You were voted. I don't mind it, you know. How you gonna answer that? What you gonna? What you think she gonna say? I ain't want to do that shit. <laughs> <laughs> she get old. She gonna have to figure that shit out. Nah, <laughs> I, think, I think we all gonna play our roles. You know what I'm saying? Like my brother definitely be taking care of the house for the most part, and I'll do the physical care for my mom. But mm-hmm. you know, my sister probably go out here and hustle up some shit, make some money for real. <laughs> so we all got ways. That we would all chip in to take care of her. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would. Uh, I wouldn't want to live with my family if I'm like old, unless I could afford it and they didn't have to pay anything. And the only reason I would want to even live with them is so like I can be around my grandkids for real, for real. But other than that, like, nah, you can put me in hospice, fam. Like, put me in a good one that's going to really make my shit comfortable. I don't like the idea of dying in front of my family. Like, I understand you want to be around them and shit, but you are dying and deteriorating in front of your loved ones. Yeah. And maybe children who really don't fucking understand what's going on. So, like, visit me when y'all ready and when y'all can. (laughs) I don't know. I have a thing about facing your mortality as well so i'm like if i have to face it i don't want to force other people to have to face my mortality every single day you know what i'm saying like that's a lot to ask of people and if i'm 80 god forbid you know hopefully i'm old and they like you know in their 40s or 50s like you think you're gonna be morbid the older you get more morbid for sure for sure (laughs) you're not gonna try to like Cause like that's how i'm gonna cope with it like i'm gonna die soon i have to talk about it more and make it normal I'm going to talk about it like it's a regular thing because it is, and I have to accept that. I think me too. My time is coming. It's going to be jokes. Like, I think y'all uh, got to be like. I'm going to start a podcast about death. <laughs> 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 Let's talk about this shit. <laughs> Let's get into it. It's uh, going to be called shit. another morbid podcast. Another morbid podcast. <laughs> Let's talk about this shit. No, because, no, yeah, no. If I know I'm dying, I'm deteriorating. To me, it's like. We're laughing about this. That's not, part of it. I'm not. I'm not about to die sad because of this shit. I'm gonna try not to. I wouldn't mind. It's sad. I'm dying, nigga. I don't I'm light think. and I'm fucking extinguishing, or right. I, I'm going on to the next phase, which is anything. I don't know, but no, that's sad, nigga. Y'all don't get to experience me no more. More. Yes, it's sad. More, bitch. More when I'm gone, not when I'm here. Let's like celebrate the fact that I'm still here now. Well, Pre-more. You know what I mean? Like pregame. <laughs> Prepare for that shit. Let's talk about it. How sad you about to be? <laughs> what you gonna do when I'm gone? Talk to me about it. Let's help you cope a little bit. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Don't drink every day. Smoke weed. <laughs> With no seats. <laughs> All right, man. We got one bar left. 
What y'all, what y'all learned today? Man. Like John can't hold his liquor. <laughs> I ain't never seen you act like this before. My gosh, I went to college with boy. I learned that John would argue with somebody over uh, something being in retrograde or not. <laughs> I learned that the problem is me. It's me. I'm the problem. Well, the funny thing is, that's probably all of our lesson. <laughs> the problem is always you. But the solution is always within you as well. Mm-hmm. All right, simmer down. Say that word, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is fake. Nothing is real. I love it. I love it. All right, man. Um, peace up, eight down down. Stay <laughs> 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 black, stay strong. Uh, the real respond. Loyalty before royalty. You know where you want to be. Oh, pimps up, hoes down. You know where you want to be. Deuces. Can't bring you down unless they blow. Fuck. They can't bring you down. Where are you supposed to say that at? Is that in the beginning? <laughs> I feel like I skipped something in the beginning. <laughs>